Well, today we begin 40 days of love. And wasn't it a loving thing to see our young people sitting up front listening to Pastor Jeff last week when he encouraged them to move forward? See, Jeff and I went to the same church. His dad was my, my preacher, and that was the coolest place for the young people to sit. No one sat in our section, so that's now our young people's section. Really proud of you young people for sitting right up front. Love matters most. Now... Last time we were together, we talked about five definitions of love. And if you missed that message a couple of weeks ago, you need to go online and listen to it. Because you've been taught some things about love that are absolutely wrong. Like love is a feeling, or love is an emotion. Not so. My Bible says love is an action. It's not just something you say. It's not something you feel. It's something that you do. It is an action, not a feeling. See, God can't command a feeling. If you're feeling down, I can't command you to feel up. And if you're feeling up, I can't command you to feel bad. It just doesn't work that way. And so love is an action. In Matthew chapter 22 and verse 36 Somebody asked Jesus, what's the most important command of all? And Jesus didn't say, well, let me see here. Uh, ah, they're all equally the same. No, he says, here's one that stands out. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and what? Greatest commandment. Hey, there's one like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love others, and you'll have it on straight. See, once you learn to love God and love His kids, well, then you're ready to go To heaven, the only thing that's going to go into heaven with you, the only thing you're going to be able to take from this planet to heaven is your character. And wouldn't you agree with me that love plays a big part in who you are? Amen? Amen. All right. Well, today we're going to look at three laws of love. Take your outlines out. Let's take a look at this. Three laws of love. Number one, the best use of life is what? Love. Tony talked about that a few moments ago. Put that into action this week. Why? And I'm going to be asking why for the next four points. I've got four reasons why it's the best use of your life. Reason number one, love validates my faith. In other words, it proves that I really am a child of God. If I love like Jesus loves, it proves that I'm his kid. It proves that I'm saved by grace through faith. It proves that I'm going to heaven. It proves that I belong to Him. See, before you go into the White House, anybody goes to the White House, you've got to prove who you are. You've got to show some kind of identification. You've got to state your business. You've got to prove who you claim to be before they let you into the White House. Well, the same is true of heaven. God didn't just let anybody into heaven. He only lets his kids into heaven. You've got to have a relationship with Him before He lets you into heaven. And how do you prove your relationship? God says, 
If you love me, you're one of my kids. Love me, love my kids. That's how you prove it. Love me, love my church. Uh oh, someone's uh oh. Now, 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 Bruce, I like that Jesus saying, Jesus, yes, but the church, no. You, you can't have it like that. It's kind of like husbands say, someone says, I, I, I like you, Bruce, I just can't stand your wife. Well, you know what? Then we're not going to have a relationship because, see, it's a package deal. You, you take me, you take my wife, too. That's how that works. <clears throat> and you say, yeah, but the church has hurt me. I've been hurt by the church. I've been hurt by God's kids. Well, of course. And you've hurt others. See, church is messy. You're not perfect. Neither am I. And so, church will get messy from time to time. And you know what God says to do with messy churches? Just keep on loving them like I love them. See, if we're going to have to get along in heaven for eternity, we better start practicing down here, right? And so God says, love me, love my kids, and at the right time I'll take you all home. We'll live for eternity in heaven. 1 John 4, 8. Whoever does not love does not know God. Because what? God is love. And he says, if you think you love and you're my child but you don't love, then you're really a liar. 1 John 4, 20. If we say we love God, but we hate others, we are what? Liar, liar, pants on fire. Hanging on a telephone wire. I mean, that's what he says, right? For we cannot love God whom we have not seen if we do not love others whom we have seen. So, the best use of love, number one, is it validates my faith. It proves I'm a child of God. Number two, love integrates my life. Why? It integrates my life. It becomes the dominant life principle for me. See, we've got too many outside distractions. We make power and prestige and position and money and all these things the dominant life view that we have. And when God says, those things are all secondary to love. Love is number one. Your number one goal needs to be to love me and love my kids. It is the most important thing. Bruce, you got a verse that says that. Well, how about Colossians 3.14? Love is more important than what? Anything else. Anything means what? Anything. Anything else. It's what ties everything completely together. It ties it all together. It integrates my life. How does love tie everything together? Well, you know what? Just, let me just give you an example of Something called the Ten Commandments. You've read about the Ten Commandments in the Bible, right? What's number one? God's number one. That's the first commandment. No other gods before me. I'm number one. I'm it. Well, see, if I love God with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind, then he's always going to be number one position in my life. Second one is, if I love God with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind, then I'm not going to bow down to idols. I'm not going to make an idol with my hands or something in my mind or make a person an idol. God's going to be it. If I love God with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind, then I'm not going to use His name in vain. That's the third commandment. If I love God with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind, I'm going to do what you're doing right now. I'm going to take one day a week, and I'm going to think about God, and I'm going to rest my body, keep the Sabbath holy. And then he says, okay, now that we got our relationship with God right, now you need to learn my, to love my kids. Let's start by loving your parents. Kids, that's commandment number five. If I love God, I'm going to love my parents. I'm going to obey my parents. I'm going to honor my parents. Number six, if I love God, I'm not going to murder anybody. If I love God, when I get married, I'm going I'm to honor my commitment 
my marriage vows, and I'm going to be faithful. I'm not going to commit adultery. Number eight, if I love God, I'm not going to steal from anybody else. If I love God, I'm not going to lie to anybody else. And if I love God, I'm not going to covet my neighbor's wife or anything else my neighbor has. Right? You see how love integrates everything? My whole life. Number three, that's the best use of my life because love compensates for my sin. It means when I do sin, when I do stumble, when I do fumble, and I will, and so will you, God's first question is not, did Bruce just sin? Whoa, 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 did he just sin down there? Didn't see that coming. Wow. No. His first question is not going to be, did Bruce just sin? His first question is going to be, hey, Bruce just sinned, but does Bruce love me? And does he love my kids? Does he love my church? And if the answer to that is yes, then you know what God says? Well, then we're just going to have to cover Bruce's sin. And I'm going to have to cover the church's sin because they love me. See, when you love, God covers. When you hate, you're not a child of God. You cannot be covered. It compensates for who you are. 1 Peter 4.8 says this, Most important of all, continue to show deep what? Love for each other. Why? For love covers a multitude of sins. Let me tell you something right now. You are never, ever, ever going to have to forgive somebody else more than God has already forgiven you. You say, well, I want to be like God. Okay, start forgiving. Ooh, but you don't know what they did to me, Bruce. Ooh, I don't care what they did to you. I got some stories I can tell. You know those little comment cards? They're not always good when they come in, right? (laughs) The juiciest ones is when they don't sign their name. You know, they just write something, kind of throw up all over the preacher, and then turn it in. But you know what? You just love and you pray for everybody. You do your best. You just love. When you love Jesus, his love covers all of your sins. In the Old Testament, there was something called the Holy of Holies. In the Holy of Holies, there was the Ark of the Covenant. You know what was in the Ark of the Covenant? The Ten Commandments. And once a year, God would send the high priest in there, and not without blood. And he would cover the top of the Ark of the Covenant with blood. So when God looked down figuratively from heaven at the law that we broke, what did he see? Our broken laws, or did he see the blood of the Lamb? The blood of the Lamb. And when God looks down from heaven, does he see my sin? Does he see your sin? No. He sees the blood of the Lamb. Why? It covers, just like a blanket, a blanket of blood. It covers a multitude of sins. And so as God hung on that cross, outstretched arms, he says, I love you this much, and I'm going I'm to take your punishment. I'm going to take your rap. I'm going to take your debt. I'm going to serve your sentence because I love you. How many sins does an average Christian commit in a day? You ever thought about that? You know, talk to most people. You say, hey, how many sins you? I don't know. I'm, I'm almost a saint, one guy told me. I go, well, take a guess. You go, oh, maybe three. 
Really? Only three times a day you ever have a bad thought? Three times a day you ever say something you shouldn't say? Do something you shouldn't do? You know, you always drive the speed limit, right? You know, you always turn your signal on at just the right time. Sins of commission, you get down to three. Yeah, pretty much. I sit at home all day, but, you know, pretty much. And those are just sins of commission. What about sins of omission? You know, the Bible says there are some things that you should do, but if you don't do them, it's sin. Whoa, three times a day. Okay, let's just give you that. Three times a day. The course of a year, that's like a thousand sins. Over the course of 25 years, you now have 25,000 sins on your record, right? How many of you would stand before a judge in this earth saying, Your Honor, I'm practically a saint. I've only committed three crimes a day for the last 25 years. He would look at you and throw the book at you and then throw away the key after he locked you up. And yet we stand before God with a lifetime of sins. And you know what God says? If you love me and you love my kids, here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to cover them all. Isn't that good news? Isn't the gospel good news? He's letting you off the hook. He's covering your sins. Now, here's what I've learned about people. Once they understand God's grace, then they let other people off the hook. But if they don't understand it and they've never received it, then they don't get it. And they just get hurt and they get mad and they get angry. And hurt people hurt people. But you know what I've also noticed? Forgiven people forgive other people. They cut people slack. They let them off the hook. They rub it out. They don't rub it in. Sometimes we have a tendency to kind of rub it in, don't we? You know what I'm talking about. Husbands, wives. A number of years ago, Jane and I just moved into the house where we're living now. It was new back then. And we didn't know all the neighbors. They didn't know us yet. But there was this little girl that would ride her bicycle up and down the street quite a bit. And uh, <clears throat> back then, you've got to remember, Jane had a little bit longer hair. And she often wore it in a double ponytail. You know, just cute as a button. You can just imagine, right? And all of a sudden, there's a ding-dong. Someone came, you know, rang our doorbell. Hey, our first guest. We opened it up, and there's this little girl, her bicycle there, you know, and said, hello, mister. Can your daughter come out and play? <laughs> and I'm thinking, daughter, daughter? Jane, come here. You, you know what she's talking about? She goes, yeah, her, her. I go, that's not my daughter, you little brat. That's my wife. And I slammed the door in her face. No, I didn't do that. No, 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 no. Jane, you know, was very polite and explained, blah, 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 blah. But after we did close the door, I got that little look from Jane that said something like, yeah, Danny, would it be all right if I go out and play? <laughs> Daddy, come on. Do I look that much older, really? They can rub it in. Ooh. Love rubs it out. Doesn't rub it in. Moms are good at rubbing it out, you know, right? You remember when you were a little kid, you messed up. I climbed the... The bookshelf in our living room broke my mom's vase and oh, made her upset. And then I got upset. And Remember the, the, the indoor BBs that I shot? My mom tore her pearls up and ran, ran through my BB gun and shot in. And, oh, my mom was upset. Then I got upset. And then my mom was trying to keep me from getting upset. Moms rub it out. They don't rub it in. Oh, we need to be like that, right? When we understand how much we've been forgiven. You just start cutting people some slack. 
You know, God's never had a perfect person to work with. I mean, you just read the book. You know, I mean, take a look at King David. Here's a lying, adulterating murderer. And then he covers it up until he's caught. But then once he's caught, oh, he comes clean, doesn't he? David was a good repenter. He just, read Psalm 51, he just pours it all out to God. And God says, oh, that David, he's a man after my own heart. The story of David, I must be honest with you, is both confusing to me and it's comforting to me. The confusing part is I read this and I go, what? You're going to let this guy off the hook? Did you just see what he did? The comforting part is, if God can do that for David, he can do that for me, right? That's the comforting part. If what? I'm a man after God's own heart. What does that mean? I love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. And I love his kids even when they mess up. Isn't that good? I want to be like God. You want to be like God? Love. It's amazing to me that God still uses men to preach, uses me to preach. God uses me to be a preacher. Why? Because I'm perfect? No. Because I love Jesus Christ with all of my heart. And then number four, the best use of my time, use of life, is love because love reverberates how long? Forever and ever and ever. Love's just going to keep on going and going and going. It echoes throughout eternity. Every single love action that I do here on earth will follow me into heaven and God will reward me appropriately for it. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. You know, there's three things that will continue. How long? Forever. What are they? Faith, hope, and love. What's the greatest? Love. Love will reign for eternity. It will never cease to exist. If you want to be remembered by people... You know what you need to learn to do? Love. Long after you're gone, they're not going to remember what you made. They're not going to remember what you did, but they will remember your love. You want to be remembered for a long, long time? Well, then you just start showing some love. Right now, give your love away. As a preacher, I've been by the bedsides of church members who were dying. Actually, two of them, Jane and I were at one. You know how the heartbeat monitor is going beep, beep, beep when it flatlined. He spoke a little bit right up till flatline. I held the hand of a mother who was holding the hand of her son when he died. He wasn't able to talk, wasn't able to speak. But then there are other times I'm talking to people that have maybe a week, a few days to live. And in the course of the conversation, I have never, ever yet had one of those people say to me, Preacher, what I want you to do is I want you to go to my house. On the mantle is my bowling trophy. 
I once bowled a perfect game. Would you bring that to my bedside? My dying wish is to see my bowling trophy, my perfect 300 game, one more time before I die. Never had that. Preacher, would you go get my report card? Made straight A's one year. Go get my diploma. Go get my accomplishments. Never had that. You know what people want when they're dying? The people that they loved and that loved them around them. Love's the most important thing. That's what really, really matters. And it will reverberate forever and ever and ever. Life is not about achievement. Life is about love. And busyness causes causes us to forget that. Law number one, the best use of life is love. Law number two, the best expression of love is time. Now, if I were to ask you, how do you spell love? Most of you would think, well, L-O-V-E. No, it's T-I-M-E, time. That's how you spell love. Time is one of the most valuable commodities that you have. 1 John chapter 3.18, we must show love through action. In other words, it's not something you say, it's not something you feel, but it's something you do. Not through empty words. How do we show action? Not through empty words. When you, parents, let me tell you something about time. When you make a promise to your kids and you break it, it's not a big deal to you, but it certainly is to them. They will remember that. When you make a promise to your children, there better be a really, really, really good excuse for not following through. You will wound their spirits. You will hurt them. And that will go through. Hey, my dad, my mom cannot be trusted. And if my parents can't be trusted, can my God be trusted? Do you see how that has an impact on them spiritually. And so I would be very, very careful before I made my son over. He might ask to do something. I would say, let me think about it. I would never give a quick yes or a quick no because I know this means a lot to young. It still does. This past week, I have been fighting something, this upper respiratory thing. I'm on the fourth day of a five-day Z-pack, if you know what that is. It's an antibiotic. So they say I'm not infectious. But after growth group today, I'm still going home taking a nap, all right? <clears throat> My son called me and he says, Dad, you sound sick. I said, ah, I think I'm going to be okay, but I've been fighting this upper respiratory thing. He says, but you're still coming out Friday. That'll be this Friday coming up. He called last week. I go, yeah, I'm, that, I'm, that's my intentions. That's my plan. And unless I'm having brain surgery or have a heart attack, I'll be there. And I, and I, and I heard in his voice the importance of, we had planned something about a month ago. And we've been talking about it at least once a week since then. And so this is kind of a big deal. And it dawned on me once again, when you make a promise, it doesn't matter how old your child is, they want you to fulfill that. It means something to them. The best expression of your love is time. And if you say, son, Saturday we're going fishing, or we're going golfing, or we're going to do a hobby together, whatever that is. You'd better follow through. Time is important. When people love each other, they give time. They give attention. When you love your spouse, when you love your child, the greatest gift you can give them 
is your time and attention. We all have 168 hours a week. You don't have any more than I do. I don't have any less than you. We all have the same. What are we going to do with that time? Now, guys, I don't think understand this quite as much as some. We, I, a number of years, people have asked me over the years, Bruce, I don't get it. I don't understand my wife. I don't understand my kids. I go to work. I work hard. I make good money. I get them everything they want. My wife is... You know, I've got the greatest purses, and my daughter's wearing designer jeans, and my son has got the latest updated video game. You know what, mister? Your daughter doesn't need a new pair of jeans, and your son doesn't need a new video game. What they need is you. What they need is your time, your attention. Look at them when you talk to them. Get down on their level. Spend time with him, that's what's most important to each and every one of them. Galatians 5 verse 6 says, The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through what? Love. Now, by the faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love. It's going to last forever. It's the greatest expression of your life. It's the only thing that counts. Dr. Richard Swenson, who is one of the world's uh, authorities on stress, Anybody feeling some stress these days? Here's what he wrote about stress. I've come to believe that the speed of society is as much responsible for the problems of personal and social dysfunction as any other single factor. We live in a hurried rat race is what he's saying. Virtually all of our relationships are damaged by hurry. We're always in a hurry. Many families are being starved to death by velocity. We walk fast, we talk fast, we eat fast, and then announce, sorry, gotta run. God, I suspect, doesn't fit any better into our breakneck schedules than our children do. Hmm, like the guy's onto something, don't you? How do you find more time for the people you love? Let me just give you one suggestion right now. Turn off the TV. Just turn it off. There's more. We don't have time. It's amazing how many people will go home and watch reruns of Friends rather than go out and make some friends. You know, they'll watch these TV reality shows about families. All kinds of families, crazy, nutty families. But they never take the time to work on their own family. Something wrong there. 1 Corinthians 13.3 No matter what I say or what I do or what I believe, I'm bankrupt without love. God wants you to make time for your relationships. Ephesians 5.2 says this, Live a life filled with love, Circle that word love on your outline, by the way. I'm going to have you do something here in a minute. Live a life filled with love for others, following the example of Christ who loved you and gave himself as a sacrifice. Circle the word sacrifice. Now, draw a line between love and sacrifice. He gave himself a sacrifice to take away your sin. Here's my point. If it isn't a sacrifice, it isn't love. 
If there's not some sacrifice where you've got to give up something for somebody else, then it isn't love. Real love sacrifices. <clears throat> About a week ago, James, Jane had her doctor's uh, appointment, and she came home. She was giving me a, a report. doctor said X, Y, and Z, and after she filled me in on all this stuff, I says, uh, one other question. How much longer? She says, how much longer for what? The squeegee. You remember, my wife can't lift her hands up above a certain height, and so I've been squeegeeing, you know, every time she takes a shower. You know how much I love that, right? It's like, throw me in a pit filled with venomous snakes. Just don't make me squeegee, right? And she said, doctor says about three more weeks. And now it's been a week. I'm down to two weeks of squeegee, folks. Keep praying for my wife to keep getting better, all right? Save your pastor's life. Did I just say pastor? If it isn't a sacrifice, it's not real. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. The truth is most of us are in time-starved relationships. Here's a little poem written by a workaholic dad. I have a son who's five years old, a boy so very fine. When I look at him, it seems to me that all the world is mine. But seldom do I ever see my son awake and bright. I only see him when he sleeps. I'm only home at night. When I come home so weary in the darkness after day, my wife then says to me, you should have seen him play. So I stand beside his bed and I look and I ponder there and I wonder if he's dreaming. Why isn't daddy here? Mm, Breaks your heart, doesn't it? The best use of life is love. The best expression of love is time. Third law of love. The best time to love is when, folks? Now. Do it now. If you have an opportunity to show love, do it now. Why wait? Why hold off till tomorrow? What you can do today. Someone says, you know, I built up this huge, huge nest egg. More money I'm ever going to be able to spend. I'm going to set up a trust that when I die, I'm going to give it all away. I say, do your giving while you're living. Then you're knowing where it's going, right? Can't trust those things. Do it now. Galatians 6, verse 10 says, whenever. What does whenever mean? That's the Bible's way of saying, right now. Whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. Ephesians 5, 16. Use every chance you have to do for doing good. In other words, do it now. Proverbs 3, 27 and 28 really put it together. Whenever, there's that word again, that means now, you possibly can do good to those who need it. Never tell your neighbor to wait until tomorrow if you can help them now. Never procrastinate. Never put off showing love if you can do it now. Now here's the question. We're going to close with this. Who do you need to show love to starting now? My goal for 40 days of love is to be known as a person of love. I mean, I told you going into this thing, I don't really get everything I'm preaching about today. This is heavy stuff, isn't it? And this is, I'm preaching to me first. But when this 40 days is over, I want people to look at me and say, 
that Bruce, you know, he's a little overweight, but that guy knows how to love. I know what you're thinking. Man, he's a lot overweight, but (laughs) he still knows how to love, all right? Don't you want that for you too? Here's a homework assignment. Spend some time every day and talk with each family member. I know this sounds like, what? No, spend some time every day and talk to each family member. That's your homework assignment this week. Now, I gave that some thought, knowing I was going to tell you to do this, because I've got to do it too. And I thought about that. My wife and I talk every day. Every day we talk, usually in the mornings before going to work, and then we debrief at night when we come home. And my son and I, 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 I call him at least once a week, and he probably calls me about the, the same. But I rarely call my daughter-in-law. She's in my family, right? I rarely call my brothers and sisters. i got two brothers and two sisters. I'm going to call them this week. And I know the first thing they're going to say is, is, is this you, Bruce? What's wrong? Are you sick? Yeah, but it's not what you think. Tell me, you got cancer. No, no, it's not You never call. I know. Neither do you. (laughs) We're a family. Let's start loving. (laughs) It's a homework assignment. Not saying it's going to be easy, but I'm going to do it. Actually, my sister called me last night. She had heard I'd been under the weather just to see how I was doing. My first call today is going to be to her and thank her for calling me last night. My wife took the call. I was already in bed. This is cough syrup I'm on. Makes me really sleepy. Don't know what's in it, but man, it will knock you out. <clears throat> he said, why aren't you in your office this morning? He called me. I said, I couldn't wake up, man. This stuff was <clears throat> tough medicine, Oman. Show some love to a family member. The best expression of love is time. The best time to love, folks, is when? Now. Let's pray. Father, It is so easy to get distracted from what's most important. And you told us this morning in your word, it's knowing and loving you and your kids. Forgive us for being task-driven instead of love-driven. Forgive us for valuing things and accomplishments more than people. Now you pray. Maybe you'd say something like this, Father, thank you for the wake-up call today from your word. I needed it. I know what matters most, even when my schedule doesn't show it. I know the people who love me are a gift from you. Please forgive me for taking them for granted. Help me to slow down and to make time for loving relationships. Help me to make love the primary aim of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.